Welcome to episode 246. I'm Stuart McCullough, I'm the CEO of VHAA. Joining me for today's discussion is the Manager of Workplace Relations Services, Tim Nagel. Welcome, Tim. Thanks, Stuart. Good to be here. Uh, Tim, I'm going to show you a clue which will suggest the subject for today's discussion. It's coming on right now. And for the benefit of those people who are listening to this podcast rather than watching, could you describe what it is that you've just borne witness to? It's a, it's a clip of the Brady Bunch uh, singing a song. Uh, that's correct. It's from a very special episode of the Brady Bunch where Greg books the team in for a recording session only to have the plan scuttled after Peter's voice begins to break. But Greg, being a musical genius, uh, writes a new song which they sing. And the song, uh, the subject of the song is all about change. And so we're going to be talking about change today. But based on that clue, Tim, what would you say the subject for today's discussion is? Well, I think it's uh, change time, uh, the new provision, the nurses agreement. Uh, Tim, you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, we're talking about changes to the Fair Work Act. But before we get to that, because this is the very last podcast for 2022, uh, we've got a few things that we need to uh, address first. Uh, first of all, let's start with the pod, uh, podcast winners. Uh, that is the podcast quiz winners for 2022. But before we uh, make that announcement, let's set the mood with a piece of music. The podcast winner for the Metropolitan Region is Dung Dang of Western Health. And for rural and regional members, the person who triumphed this year was Nicole Hawkins of Swan Hill District Health. And finally, for community health members, this is yet to be determined, but we'll make an announcement before the year is through. So, Tim, 2022 was again dominated by bargaining, uh, or at least the finalisation of bargaining for major agreements. Uh, it was. Some of that activity was expected. Um, for example, the doctors in training agreement expired on 31st of December 21. So we knew that they would have to go to ballot in 22. Uh, and just a reminder, negotiations for both doctors in training and medical specialists uh, agreements, they started and finished on time. And some of the agreements that apply to smaller groups of employees, such as biomedical engineers and dental therapists and also maintenance, were we expected to be working on during this time. But there were a couple of agreements that were late, uh, namely the Allied Health Professionals Agreement, which expired on the 30th of June 2021 uh, and was still being negotiated in 2022. Yeah, and the Medical Scientists Agreement, which expired in January 21. But a heads of agreement was uh, reached in December 21 and drafting proved difficult. And I think one of the other factors, um, just in terms of the most recent experience, would be the effect of the of the election uh, that we've had uh, this year. Yeah, so the election provided a date by which things had to be completed. Uh, caretaker conventions mean that a ballot can't be conducted during an election. It meant that a number of agreements were seeking to be completed beforehand, and that resulted in a bottleneck. And a bottleneck in terms of ballots means that there's now a bottleneck for implementation. And we do acknowledge that that is a challenge for health services coming off the back uh, of three very challenging years. 
Yeah, the thing for us is how to prevent delay in the agreements. That is, why do some agreements run on time and some very late? So we'll be uh, consulting and speaking to various unions to discuss those issues, as well as other stakeholders. But we need uh, better outcomes regarding the timeliness of bargaining so that we don't get these uh, bottlenecks. Tim, that provides us with something of a segue. The Fair Work Legislation Amendment Secure Jobs Better Pay Bill 2022 made its way through Parliament a couple of weeks ago and has now received royal assent. Uh, meaning that the Fair Work Act now uh, has been amended. So the amendments are uh, now applied, but that's not to say that all the changes have immediate effect. Uh, what we'll do now is highlight some of those changes we think are most likely to impact uh, VHIA members. Uh, there's a lot to get through, uh, and although um, there are lots of um, information sheets, the government has also released this short video summary. Alternatively, there are a large number of fact sheets that have been produced by the Department of Employment and Workplace Relations, so that is an alternative to that video clip. So we've consolidated uh, those information statements into a single PDF uh, document with an index, uh, which we've added to the front, and that's now available through the general feed on Yammer. And you can search for that by simply searching secure jobs and we'll take you directly to that post. So the changes to the Act, um, there are, cover a, a multitude of subjects, but we'll go through them one at a time, but let's let's start with bargaining. In a broad sense, there's uh, more intervention from the Commission in bargaining, the purpose of which is to give incentive to the parties to negotiate in good faith and re reach agreements more quickly. So, Tim, what are some examples of what the Commission can do? They can make an, an intractable bargaining declaration on application by a single bargaining representative. I think that point about a single bargaining representative is, is important. So the bargaining parties don't need to agree uh, that they're at that point. Um, but it does take us to the, the question of when can a commission make an intractable uh, bargaining declaration? So it's got to be uh, satisfied of a number of things, and you'll see on screen um, uh, one of those, so that the commission has dealt with the dispute, such as by conciliation under Section 240, and the applicant participated in the processes of the deal with the dispute. So we should cover off um, Section 240 at another time, but if I was to sum um, that, that requirement up, it's that the applicant has done other things to try and resolve the dispute before seeking a declaration. So put another way, an intractable bargaining declaration is not where the matter starts. Uh, no, so the pays have bargained for a minimum period of nine months, or at least nine months has elapsed since the nominal expiry date of the previous enterprise agreement. It's worth noting that there are a couple of negotiations um, in the last round that would have satisfied that requirement. Um, not all, but some. There's no reasonable prospect of agreement being reached in the Commission does not make the declaration. That's an interesting one, I think, because um, the history of bargaining within our sector is that the parties do ultimately reach agreement, um, generally without the Commission, uh, but it, come, it can come with a delay that's unfair to employees and employers alike. Mm. It is uh, reasonable in all the circumstances to make the declaration taking into account the views of all the bargaining representatives for the agreement. Uh, so if a declaration is made, what happens next? 
So the Commission has the option to give the parties more time to negotiate, uh, but ultimately the Commission can make an intractable bargaining workplace determination to resolve any matters that have not been agreed by the parties. To resolve any matters that have not been agreed by the parties. So that's a really interesting um, comment in the context of negotiations that are generally conducted on the basis that nothing is agreed until everything is agreed. That's exactly right. And uh, the other thing to note is that the change comes into effect from the 6th of June 2023 at the latest. So not in effect yet, it is coming. Um, and there are some changes also, Tim, to the boot test. Yes, one of the features of the boot test has been complexity and how uh, that has contributed to the approval process becoming at times quite difficult and challenging. So presumably one of the challenges is to how the boot test is to be applied. Yes, yes, that's right. Specifically, that is not a line-by-line -line comparison between the agreement and the modern award. So and whilst the Commission will undertake its own independent assessment in applying the boot, it will give primary consideration to any common view shared by the employee organisations and employers about whether the agreement passes the boot. Correct. Also, the Commission can amend an agreement to address a concern that it does not uh, that it does not otherwise meet the boot. So interestingly, the Commission will be able to, uh, also able to address boot issues after approval if relevant circumstances were not properly considered during the approval process, uh, which includes a change with retrospective effect. Yeah, that's right. So that change comes into effect on the 6th of June 2023. Uh, Tim, some changes concern multi-employer agreement bargaining. It does, and it has a new name now, the Cooperative Workplaces Bargaining Stream. So it should be noted that this type of bargaining occurs less frequently for public health services, but is quite common uh, for community health. What are the features of Cooperative Workplaces Bargaining Stream? Yes, yeah, so an employer can join with other employers and make a cooperative workplace agreement. At least some employees in bargaining must be represented by a registered employee organisation, and there's got to be a majority vote in favour at each employer. Uh, and as there is now, uh, so that's not really a change to the status quo. That point about being represented, uh, does that mean at each employer or under the agreement in its entirety? It's possible that for some groups, the union may not have a member at a particular work site. Yeah, interestingly, an employer can, with a majority vote in favour from employees, opt into an existing agreement. Okay. So uh, I think that other uh, issue we'll need to sort of turn our mind to uh, just in terms of how that works. Um, just going to the issue of industrial action, and that's been one of the distinguishing features with regards to multi-employer bargaining. Um, so I understand it's not available in this stream. Uh, and bargaining disputes require the consent of all the parties. So again, that that probably reflects the status quo. Yes, and just uh, so those changes are in effect uh, from the 6th of June uh, 2023, but as you say, it largely replicates the uh, the status quo. Um, so that takes us to single interest bargaining, which is the type of bargaining most commonly utilised for public health services. So there are some changes. Uh, firstly, an application to the Minister for Permission will no longer be required. It'll also require that at least some employees who'd be covered by the agreement are represented by a registered employee organisation, which in a practical sense isn't really a change. What else, Tim? Uh, so broadly to make it easier to access single interest uh, bargaining. So that's the goal of the legislation, it would appear. 
Uh, and there's been a lot of attention on when an employer might be, for want of a better term, roped in to a sing to single interest bargaining. That's possible, but with some caveats, if an employer is covered by a current enterprise agreement or has already agreed in writing with an employee organisation to bargain for a replacement single enterprise agreement, those employees can't be forced to bargain for a single interest employer agreement. Just in terms of that description, Tim, what stands out for me is that the requirement to agree in writing with an employee organisation when it's the employee organisation that would most likely be interested in bringing someone in to the single interest uh, stream. Yeah, so the commission, that, that's true. The commission also has discretion, discretion to refuse to include an employer in an authorisation or add them to an agreement where good faith bargaining is already occurring. There's a history of effective bargaining between the parties and less than nine months has elapsed since the normal expiry date of the previous agreement. So just in terms of single interest, who can make an application? So traditionally, the employer makes the application, but the amendments mean a union can apply uh, and the commission and the commission must make the authorisation uh, if the rel relevant requirements are met. And the commission is satisfied that either the employer consents or there's a majority support among employees of each employer to bargain for the proposed agreements. We spoke before about the cooperative bargaining stream and industrial action. What about industrial action in the single interest employer stream? There are additional measures. They include mandatory conciliation and a requirement of 120 hours notice. So I think I think that's an interesting challenge for us. In the last round, we had mixed results uh, in terms of industrial action. So there were a number of agreements that resolved without industrial action and and uh, and some that, that had industrial action. The conciliation becomes mandatory uh, would be potentially helpful. I think what we'd be interested to know is what kind of industrial action are we talking about? Um, in some instances, we've traditionally had some low-level industrial action, such as wearing T-shirts and, and campaign messages, or whether is it reserved for the more significant industrial action, such as the withdrawal of labour? Yeah, so that's uh, that's a good point. Uh, those changes take effect uh, no later than the 6th of June 2023. So in addition, there are changes that are intended to make uh, the application and approval process less arduous. Um, I also wanted to mention in passing 10 zombie agreements, uh, partly because I like using the term zombie agreements, uh, and also in case any members have any sort of legacy agreements that are still technically operating but, but aren't really utilised. So first of all, Tim, what is a zombie agreement? Uh, so a zombie agreement is an agreement made before the Fair Work Act comes into or came into effect or during the bridging period, which uh, was between the 1st of July and the 31st of December uh, 2009. I'm just going to record my sense of belief that, that if a zombie agreement is not referring to the representatives as such. So these are very old agreements. Um, what will happen to these agreements under the new under the new legislation? The two things. Uh, firstly, they will terminate on the 6th of December 2023. Secondly, employers with zombie agreements need to tell their staff by the 6th of June 2023 that the agreement will be terminating six months. And under that circumstances where that termination occurs, I take it that either the modern award applies or a new agreement is negotiated? Correct. Are there any other bargaining changes? There are. They, they include a new support bargaining stream to replace the low paid bargaining stream. Um, so it's like, you know, like its predecessor, it'll have limited relevance to our members. 
So by the time being, we'll, we might just note that and move on. Now, similarly, there's uh, changes regarding when an agreement can be terminated after the normal expiry date, but that's an action of limited relevance to our sector also. What is worth noting uh, is some changes to the Commission, uh, namely through two new expert panels, which are aimed at increasing the focus on, on two things, job security and gender equality. Uh, noting that gender equality and job security are now objects uh, of the uh, Fair Work Act. Uh, Tim, I do want to move on to fixed term contracts. Uh, the Act now limits the use of fixed term contracts for the same role for the shorter of two years, including renewals, or two consecutive contracts. Just want to highlight that phrase there for the same role uh, and such. Uh, what happens if fixed term contracts go beyond these limits? So the contract is still valid uh, with the exception of the term that provides for an expiry date. Um, and then that sort of really brings us to the logical question. Are there exceptions to those limits? There are, and they're intended to allow fixed term contracts when genuinely necessary and appropriate, including the following. So uh, the first is performing a discrete task for a fixed period. Apprentices and trainees undertaking essential work during a peak demand period, such as uh, such as a harvest, uh, temporarily replacing another employee on long leave, such as workers' compensation leave, or finally earning above the high income threshold. So those kinds of exceptions are not entirely different to the existing requirements for members about when fixed-term contracts can be used. However, it's worth noting that employers will be required to provide a fixed term contract information statement to all employees entering the fixed term contract. Noting that these changes come into effect on the 6th of December 23. Uh, and there are changes also, Tim, with respect to flexible working arrangements. There are. Specifically, the Act has been amended to expand the circumstances in it in which an employee can request a flexible working arrangement to include employees who are pregnant and where an employee or a member of, the, of their immediate family or household experiences family and domestic violence. So disputes over flexible working arrangements uh, can also be conciliated and arbitrated where it's not resolved at the workplace level under these changes. So whilst that's a change to the Act, it's not really a practical change for members that can, that's currently the case under our agreements. Yeah, that's correct. And just in terms of the effective date, uh, those changes will also take effect from the 6th of June 2023. And similarly, the Commission will have the ability to conciliate or arbitrate a dispute over a request to extend parental leave where agreement is not reached at the workplace level. Now, that's also true, and, uh, and that change will take effect also from the 6th of June uh, 2023. Just in terms of the amendments of the Act, um, some of the amendments uh, come from the Respect at Work uh, Sexual Harassment National Inquiry Report, and one of the changes now is to expressly prohibit sexual harassment. Now, what's interesting is that there's a new dispute settlement procedure through uh, the Commission. It includes conciliation or mediation, and where the parties agree to settle the dispute and make orders, including for compensation. And there are changes also with respect to the to the attributes that are protected in terms of discrimination. Uh, yes, the changes to the attributes include gender identity, intersex status and uh, breastfeeding. These are relevant to both uh, in terms of conduct towards a person with those attributes in a direct sense as part of the general protections framework, but also in respect of discrimination terms in agreements as well. 
And it should be noted that there are there are other changes uh, as a result of um, that bill going through, such as abolishing the Registered Organisations Commission, prohibiting job ads that wouldn't breach the Fair Work Act and similar. Now, but it's uh, fair to say that these are less likely to be of relevance to, to our members. And just to reiterate that we have compiled the very useful uh, information sheets published by the Department of Employment and Workplace Relations into a single document with an index at the front. Members can find that on the Yammer network. So with that said, there's nothing left for us to do uh, but to see off 2022, a year that was very different to one that we were expecting at the beginning of 2022. We'd like to acknowledge the extraordinary work uh, of members over the past year under exceptionally difficult circumstances uh, and thank them to, for their contribution to our work. So we wish everyone the best for Christmas, particularly those members who are recovering from the recent floods in Northern Victoria. Tim, thank you for taking us through the changes to the Act. I can't think of a better way to farewell uh, this past year than with a little bit more from the Brody Bunch and their song, Time to Change. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Stuart. winter and then winter turns to spring it's not just the season you know it goes for everything